Hello and welcome to the Overly Animated Podcast, where we take animation seriously. We provide fan-oriented and analytic discussions on a variety of animated shows, movies, and anime, currently featuring Steven Universe, Miraculous Ladybug, New Powerpuff Girls, Star Wars, The Force of Evil, and Ruby. I'm Dylan Heisen, and today I'm joined by Delaney Stovall. Hey, y'all. Today, Delaney and I will be discussing Kubo and the Two Strings, the 2016 stop-motion animated film by Laika. Uh, came out in August of this year, and we had not podcasted on it yet, which is definitely our bad, but now we are podcasting on, on Kubo. Uh, I'm going to get into all aspects of the movie here. Uh, definitely need to get about uh, get into this movie before award season and compare it to some of the other great animated films from this year, but uh, just talking about Kubo today, and uh, going to be very exciting. Um, we disc- we cover all sorts of uh, animated shows and movies here on the Overly Animated Podcast. You can check us out at OverlyAnimated.com or search for the Overly Animated Podcast on iTunes, Google Play Music, Stitcher, or your other favorite podcatcher. So um, I watched Kubo for the first time last night. Uh, I had not seen it before. Delaney had seen it in theaters and rewatched it. So um, Delaney will be able to give a more of a uh like what i thought of it at first what i thought of it now type opinion and i will give you my reaction so let's start out with um all aspects of delaney's opinions on kubo <laughs> <laughs> um i was i've like tr- kept track of kubo like before it came in before it came out like i was really excited about it i really love stop motion animation like it's one of my favorite things um and like i went and saw kubo in theaters with my friends it was awesome loved it like it was it's just a gorgeous movie um, I mean, it's a little bit like, you know, the plot's kind of like, oh, okay, you know, whatever. Like, it's not necessarily the most riveting thing ever. A lot of it's really predictable, but I think it's a really good film. I think it's uh, fun to watch. It's, it's, I mean, it's just gorgeous. Um, the things they do with this type of anim- this type of animation is just incredible. And, you know, in some ways it, they do it better than, you know, than, how, than CGI. I just, I think, I think it's a really solid film. It's not necessarily like perfect. Uh, I think Moana is probably better, which I saw in theaters like uh, last month. Yeah, we and we can get into that stuff later. We can just focus on Kubo for the time being. But yeah, it's like uh, Kubo. I think Kubo's just like good stuff. I really liked it. Uh, did uh, your did your perception of the movie change at all on rewatch? Is it a good rewatch movie? Uh, uh, well, the thing is, like, I don't really like rewatching things. I have to really, really, really like something to rewatch it. Um, I probably won't like. I might rewatch Kubo again. Like it's good, but I don't. It's not necessarily like up there with some of like the other films that I really like to rewatch. And again, I, it's not a lot. I really don't rewatch things. Yeah. It's. I mean, it's okay. Uh, I think there's a lot of a lot of moments in the film just play off one. Pay, they just pay off once, so it's kind of rewatching. You're like, oh, granted, you can pick up on a few things like. Um, Stuff with the Moon King, like there's stuff you just you you get better when you watch it the second time, yeah. you know, since since you know it's coming. So yeah, I, I could I could see a lot of the stuff from like the first 15 minutes working better. Like uh, yeah, it's it's really confusing at first, and I think upon rewatch, a lot of it makes more sense because yeah. a lot of it's like subtle and like they don't tell you things; you just kind of have to figure it out. Yeah. So I think that's part of it. Yeah, I uh, de- yeah, I, I mean, I feel like I got everything from my one watch. Definitely, like uh, some of the things from the beginning kind of click into place. Like specifically, it's like why can't why is him going out at night relevant? Because the moon king is just like literally the moon. So like when the moon yeah. sees him, yeah, like that's kind of one of the only things I feel like that came together. But um, yeah, I liked Kubo. Uh, this uh, this film, the big draw to this film is that it's um, like incredibly beautiful. It's one of the best looking films I've ever seen. Um, like I'm a huge Coraline fan by the, the studio and um this film is like somehow like five times like more gorgeous than Coraline. Like 
that's definitely the big draw to the film. Um, I kind of knew that going in and I like actually, uh, you know, like paid to rent this on the HD TV. So like I got the full Kubo, it's not the theater experience, <laughs> but the best at this point I could get. So, um, and it, you know, it's, it's a good movie. It's definitely a good movie. Um, in, in, in another year, this is like the best animated film of the year. Like this is, but this is a particularly Probably. strong year, you know? So, uh, but, um, you know, I mean, my, my grievances with this film are probably incredibly obvious. If you know, if you know me, uh, this, this film has a thin narrative and characterization. Um, the characterization, I think is varies a little bit. I got in particularly care about some of the characters a little bit more about others. Um, but I, this is one of those movies that, uh, intentionally has like a thin narrative because it's going for like this fairy tale feel. Um, which is okay. I mean, I, I am a little frustrated when they choose to do these things because I feel like you can, you can have like this gorgeous, like epics feeling and you can also have like a narrative that is a little bit, uh, doing a little bit more than this. Um, but you know, they, they didn't, I guess. And, uh, I feel like that's the big thing that holds the movie back for sure. That being said, um, the narrative was good enough that the best part of the film is the ending. So I think, yes, I think that that says something like that. They, they crafted a solid enough narrative that it really does come together at the end. And it's, it's very good. And for a quest kind of movie, it wasn't really boring or like uninteresting. It, I don't know. It like. I don't know, it was pretty basic, and, like, you know, we've, we've seen stuff like this before, but, I mean, they kept it interesting. I think the origami and everything was really, like, kept it going. It's interesting how, like, this movie really hinges on its stylistic choices, and it really, like, pays off, even when we're kind of dealing with this kind of, like, weak narrative. Yeah, this is, that the I mean, like, other than just how good-looking the film is, the big thing, I think, to highlight is the, you're right, is the stylistic nature of the film with um, Kubo's, uh, you know, guitar driven origami. They don't really never name it in the movie, so I don't know what to call it, but, uh, it's, it's, it's really, um, interesting. It's, it's such a good use of the stop motion medium. Like that, you know, this is, this is such a good idea for them. And, um, it's, it really is a kind of a unique thing. And, um, I think it's just a really great element of this, this film's mythology and like how, how it's, uh, used in the film. And, um, like, it it does a lot for, like, the music and the sound of the movie because, like, the paper folding and it's just, they just do a really good job with it. And it's just a lot of fun. And then, like, Monkey at one point's like, I don't think this is technically origami, which is, like, really funny. Yeah. Yeah, that was, I think that was one of the better lines, too. Yeah. Um, I think Monkey's the highlight of the movie for me is character Same. I love yeah. Monkey. Monkey's yeah. great. Yeah. Who is, um, yeah, monkey original. Like, I don't even think uh, monkey being mom adds that much. <laughs> you know, I, I feel like just monkey on monkey on her own is is great. Like, I feel like that's yeah. Like they did enough with that character that she could have stood her on her own. But um, I I don't know. I feel like the best fight sequence was monkey versus the sister, like the first time on the boat. Like um, it, yes, I think it's awesome. Yeah, and it's just re- really dramatic and like the storm, and it's all really good. Yeah, I think that was that was really good. Um, and like I think like the best scene of the movie is the ending with the you know the grandfather, but that's not really too much of a fight scene. It's more of just like right. a, you know like, you know whatever magic like uh, magic shield. Uh, but yeah, I think I think monkey's really great. Um, the monkey especially looks um, really really gorgeous. Um, I will say the reveal <laughs> that monkey's the mother is. I didn't really understand how they, why, like, it's just, it wasn't even, I don't know, it just happened, and then they weren't, like, they didn't give it in any space, it's just like, okay, they didn't really ever explicitly say it, and um, then it just kind of happened, 
and then they're like continuing on with it. Did you have any sense of feeling like that? Like I felt like that was very weirdly done. Well, I think like I mean when I saw it in theaters, it's like I saw that coming. Like I wasn't surprised when it happened. I was like, oh, it's the mom. Kay. I mean, the problem is that they have the same voice. They're both like obviously Shalice their own. So like, what's yeah? <laughs> like, what is this a twist? You know? Yeah, no. So it's just yeah, it, they play it off kind of weird. I'm mean, agreeing. I think it's better they don't pause too much with it because like it's so obvious. Yeah, I do think given that it was kind of obvious that they just kept going, that was a good choice. Yeah, the, to me, the big the, one of like the big glaring issues with the movie is that they do the same thing again. And I'm really one who does not try to guess plot twists. Like, I really think that's a bad way to watch narrative. Like, I actively do not try to think about what's going to happen. But at some point, you're like, okay, Matthew McConaughey is the dad. Like, when's that going to happen? Right, yeah. So, you know, and I don't think they cared that that it wasn't supposed to be like a huge twist. It was supposed to be like an unfolding of this fairy tale narrative, I feel like. Yeah. That was kind of more important to them. Yeah, it wasn't supposed to. It wasn't supposed to be a shock, and it's just supposed to be kind of one of those different stories. Or it's like, I mean, his parents both die, but like he actually gets to spend time with both of his parents. So yeah, which is which is nice. Yeah, and but then they die again. So <laughs> that's that's sad. Oh well. Oh oh well. Um. Yeah. So what do you, we talked about, Monkey? What do you think about Matthew McConaughey Beetle? Well, I hate Matthew McConaughey, so that's like <laughs> okay. a strike against him. Well, um, okay, tr- but the Beetle himself. <laughs> We well, we won't Beatles get we don't fine. need to we don't need to psychoanalyze your problems with Matthew McConaughey. But what about the Beetle? Beetle's fine. Beetle's fine. Like I, Beetle, like gets better. Obviously, as like the plot progresses, it just Beetle's just kind of a weird character. Like it's fine. Just like a useless bug who can shoot arrows. That's about it. Yeah, I think this is a good choice for <laughs> Matthew McConaughey to voice this character because it's such a strange character. Um, but so I think that is a thing with it. That is one of the issues with this movie is the uh, the casting. Like, do, you think, do you think they're like too prominent? Is that what you mean? Like, no, I just mean like it's just so white. <laughs> oh yeah, well you know, <laughs> I was I was I was gonna wait, you know, <laughs> until the like past wait. the ten minute mark. But oh, right. since you brought it up, yeah, this is a movie about like uh, fairy tale Japan, and um, there's only like two Asian actors in here, so I guess there's more playing minor characters. But um, yeah, none of our leads are, are Asian. I, I haven't really seen much uproar about this online, which is, which gives credence to the, like the fact that people are selective about their outrage, you know, but yeah. Um, then again, I guess the counter argument is that this isn't necessarily Japan, even though it's just obviously Japan, you know, did I get like, yeah. the, like Wikipedia says in ancient Japan, but you know, I guess the movie doesn't say that, but yeah, you know, they should have, I don't know why Kubomi needs to be voiced by Art Parkinson. Who's not even like a big star. Like, that that kind of like the logic usually is um okay we need these big stars to sell the movies that's why surely surely he's throwing a Matthew McConaughey are there but you know Arkham Parkinson like yeah he's Rickon's but you know in Game of Thrones but I don't think anyone's watching this movie because Art Parkinson's in this movie <laughs> so, <laughs> no um I thought I thought our yeah so that's yeah that's not good that why well, I don't I don't really it's more just like I don't understand why they would do that for for this it just it just kind of makes no sense to me that, yeah um, it's very confusing and it's just like. I mean, the movie's fine, and like obviously the voice acting's fine. It's just like okay. In a in a year when uh, Moana was cast as like yeah. an actual <laughs> Hawaiian teenager, um, casting Kubo yeah. not as like a young Japanese boy is just kind of shocking, like shockingly yeah. bad. Um, like Monkey and Beetle also should have been Asian actors, yes. but those at least you can kind of string some sense together. Like, why isn't Kubo? You know, I just logically speaking, it just doesn't make sense. Um, yeah, I thought Art Parkinson was fine in this role. Uh, not a good year for Rick on on Game of Thrones, but uh, at least Art <laughs> Parkinson can voice Kubo, so that's that's good for him. Yes. Um, what do you think of Kubo the character? Um, 
do you, I mean, obviously you like Kuba, but uh, beyond that. Right. I mean, he's a fine character. Uh, he's not, like, really, like, like, the most interesting part about Kubo is, like, his, like, magical ability. Like, he doesn't really have, he's, he, there isn't really a lot there. Like, he's not really, like, this really distinct character. And the ending gets a little bit weird with him because, um, the ending's really great, but it's kind of this, like, he goes from, like, trying to kill his grandfather very quickly to, oh, yeah, I'm, we're, you're, we're gonna tell you that you're a great person so that you become a great person, and, like, this really weird stuff that happens at the end, he's like, yeah. So he's not really, like, like, he's fine. He's just kind of, like, the typical, yeah, like, he's, he's, young he's, boy character. I agree. He's fine. His most distinctive element is the storytelling origami thing. Like, he has the storytelling element to his character, which they, like, weave into the end and in the beginning, and I don't really yeah. know if it makes sense overall, um, but it's clearly present in the beginning and the end. Yeah. Uh, I, I don't really, I don't know, like, like that's the thing it's like give this character a trait you know like what would i say kubo is you know i don't i don't know he's right like what's the most distinctive feature of kubo he has his guitar and he makes origami yeah i got that but um i don't know beyond that so i yeah i I think kubo's fine but he's yeah i feel like for me he's takes a backseat to some of the other characters here well he's just there like he's really just the vehicle like he doesn't really like it literally wouldn't matter who was the character of kubo because like there isn't really anything going on with him. Like, yeah, I agree with that. He's just he could, a boy. He really could have been anyone. Um, I, I do. Yeah, that's interesting that he gets his kind of Ang moment at the end with uh, the Moon King. Uh, it's like, okay, we're not gonna kill him. We're gonna like. Uh, m- he gets amnesia somehow, and then now we're gonna tell him he's a good person. Which, granted, was a very powerful moment, and like, I su- I do think the ending of this movie is really great. Um, potentially, it feels unearned with Kubo's character. You think? I don't know. I think a little bit, just, it's, like, it's really beautiful, and it's a really great scene, but the thing is, like, it doesn't feel like Kubo is really there, <laughs> and, like, it doesn't, like, it just feels a little, like, oh, we're doing this, even though Kubo really probably wouldn't act like this, because it's a little, like, there, it's, it happens really fast, granted, but, like, there's just, there's not a lot of time between trying to kill my grandfather and, yeah, I'm your grandson, and you're a great person, so, like... Yeah, I agree, I agree with that. And it, yeah, Koopa does kind of take a backseat to these villagers at the end, too. I also feel like yeah. the villagers should have been weaved in throughout the film better. Like, yeah, they're at the beginning, and then they're at the end. And it's like, okay. yeah, it's like, yeah, George Takei is cool, but, you know. Right. <laughs> uh, yeah. But so, you know, yeah, I, I thought that um, characters aren't like an incredibly strong point. I mean, I thought the Moon King is good in like the five minutes he's on the screen. You know, right. like Ralphine's is good. And like the dream thing was cool. And... Yeah, that was that was nice. I guess that's supposed to be a surprise that you're not supposed to know that's the Moon King. Is that true? Like, because I, I thought that was obvious at the time because he's blind. Yeah, I mean, well, I mean, you don't know. No, no, it's the Moon it King. It could have just been another blind guy, I guess. I mean, who knows? Like, yeah. well, it's like Kubo doesn't act like, oh, it's the Moon King. So who knows? I guess I guess so. Yeah, this movie doesn't do a good job with surprises, you know. But it's, no, um, I also don't think it particularly uh, wants to. But um, no. So uh, yeah, with other characters, I thought the design on the uh, sisters was really cool. I thought those Ubo. were <laughs> my favorite. So yeah. good. Yeah. Uh, I really like like my favorite scene is like when he like when they smash the mask. Yeah, and like 
busts her face up. Like that's I, good. I, I didn't really understand what that's. What, I was like, I guess that's symbolizing that she died. I didn't I necessarily recognize that was the mask at the time, though. Which, yeah, yeah, like it's well, it has to do with like you know they they're not really people. They're yeah. like. Well, yeah, which I don't think, which I think you get a better sense of as the movie goes on, which I, I guess is the point. Like, you're, not, you're supposed to, it's supposed to unfold yeah. like that. Yeah, it's really, I mean, it's a little confusing and like, it's really confusing with like his mom and like really what's going on. I mean, I was rewatching it and like, I had seen it in theaters and I was like, why do they want his eye? I forgot. Like, Yeah, they don't really give a, big, a, a good reason other than apparently losing his eye. is. I guess they at the end, they kind of say the eyes represent the humanity is the point, I guess. Yeah, it's so, just like, well, to make him blind... Because yeah. like he was because he was born, he's not like whatever that happens when like they're in the heavens. Yeah. So yeah, the eyes represent humanity. I feel like this is offen- offensive to blind people. <laughs> like they're they're Probably. just so- they're just soulless because of the eyes, the soul. Yeah. No. Um. But yeah, I thought the sisters were really really cool. The design of them. I mean, anything this anything with design and aesthetic is going to be a strength of the movie, and anything with yeah, like definitely with like actual narrative is going to be more of a weakness. But. Um, and the, like, the sister characters were, were purely, like, aesthetic characters. Like, they don't, yes. they're not really given any sort of narrative purpose. So I think that they succeed no. a lot more than, um, characters that, other than, I think other than Monkey, who I think is, rises above a little bit, the other characters yes, who they try I to, agree. yeah, who they try to, uh, you know, give some sort of larger narrative focus. Um, what do you think I get? Uh, so what do we, so, okay, so his journey. I feel like this movie suffers a little bit from, um, <laughs> Disney Moana-itis of, um, yes. we, we move very fast through our journey. Okay, we're here, now we're here, now it's done. Uh, I think Moana was faster, the journey this year. <laughs> like, Moana was like, okay, we're here, now we're done. This movie, there's a little bit of in-between, but it still felt like uh, a very quick journey. Well, it's a little bit different, I think, with Kubo versus Moana in that, like, Kubo, he had to get three things. Yeah, so we had to, like, Moana had, like, out. one yeah. end goal. Yeah, <laughs> Moana's one thing, and this was three <laughs> things, yeah. Yeah, so, yeah, I mean, it goes really quick. By that same token, like, I know you think, like, you know, we talk about this a lot, you think it goes really fast. When I think when you're dealing with a plot like this that everyone has seen, you're used to it, okay, we gotta get the stuff and we have to go kill the thing. I think going a little bit faster is beneficial, and when, like, you're dealing with things that everyone's familiar with, it's kind of boring. If you're not gonna do anything interesting with it, like, we can go through it a little bit. Especially since it's like this, like, the point of the movie isn't, let's get the three, let's not, let's get the three pieces of armor. Like, that's not the point. So... I think it I think it works okay. Like it's not too fast in Kubo. Yeah, I, I actually I know I agree with you. If they're not going to give us anything new with this um hero's quest journey, the basic gather the elements and then uh do anything with them, if we're not gonna get any sort of enhanced narrative, I agree. Let's get it let's get it done with faster. I think that's I think it's a good call for this movie, but I mean the the obvious preference would be for them to insert some kind of interesting narrative thing into the journey. Um right. granted if they're not gonna do that, then it going fast is fine by me. Uh let's go through those three sequences, I guess. Um uh, the first one, the uh, Hall of Bones one with the giant yeah. skeleton thing, definitely the sword like, unbreakable. Yeah, the sword unbreakable. Um, which they give us dumb name and then they proceed to make fun of the dumb name <laughs> throughout the whole yes. movie. That's that's always fun. Um, I thought the giant skeleton thing was a big uh, kind of like aesthetic, artistic highlight of the film. It was really good. Yes, also very scary. Yeah. Oh I, guess, I guess so. It's really creepy. Uh, it was really neat. I liked the whole, like, oh my god, it's like, it has a bunch of swords in its head, you gotta find it, and they're just, like, slamming and 
breaking all these swords. Yeah. Why do the swords just instantly break? I, I get that this one is unbreakable. The other ones, they don't necessarily, I don't think all uh, your average sword would just instantly break if you hit it against a hard thing. Well, I think it depends on, like, how hard you're hitting it. <laughs> okay. I don't know. Like, it seems like they're kind of tapping it. Okay, that was a minor grievance. But, yeah, um, I, I thought the sequence was really good, and especially the giant skeleton thing was. Yeah. It was, it was really well done. Um, the next one is the, uh, you know, the whatever the best, the breastplate. And it's the thing, they're, it's the whole uh, sequence. It's like, with the, it's impenetrable. Impenetrable, yeah. Um, and, um, this is kind of a more extensive one because you have Kubo do- going down with the eyes and then you have, um, monkey fighting the sister above ground, um, which is definitely a highlight. Um, I think it's probably the best fight sequence. I think, I think it's the best fight sequence. Yeah. And, um, I think that, uh, yeah, the eye stuff, I don't know. Uh, the big, the big weakness of this sequence is like, what is Beetle doing? Cause he goes down first and I'm right. like, and then he just ends up not doing anything. Yep. So I don't really understand what was up with that, but, um, yeah. Kubo with the yeah, eyes, at least the eyes were really interestingly designed. And it was like also terrifying. I guess so. They weren't really, I mean, I guess it was, uh, suck him down into something else that'll eat him. I don't know if the eyes yeah. themselves were. Well, I mean, they were creepy looking. It was fine, though. Like, it was good stuff. Yeah. Poor Kubo. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't also, know this you... movie's weird obsession with eyes. It's fine. Yeah, that's true. I guess they're trying to make a motif with that. Um, yeah. Eyes equals truth or humanity. Yeah, they were worried. Because those eyes were truth, but yeah. Yeah. Uh, so that was that. What the last one wasn't like such an obvious one because that they go because like the grandfather like tricks him to go to the, s- the other place where the sister yeah. finds him. His father's fortress. Yeah, but then it turns out that it's back in the original village and it's the bell, which I read, but I did not get at all from the movie. Um, that might have yeah, been. Yeah, my- yeah. The that Wikipedia says that it's the bell tower, like uh, in the village, but um, yeah, I guess that's true. The the headpiece or whatever. Yeah, which is weird, but like it's fine. <laughs> I do like the idea that it ended up being back in the village because yeah. why did they go to this village in the first place? Though so that's the reason. Okay, that that makes sense. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Seems legit. Yeah. Um. And so, what do we think of the sequence at his uh the dad's old place with the second sister? I mean, Al sad. Al sad. Much sad. Yeah, my dad's rip. <laughs> yeah, yeah, rip. Um, no, no happy ending for <laughs> the, nope. the, the parents. I guess that's pretty tropey, though. That like you reunite yeah. unknowingly with the, the people you're looking dies. for, and then they die anyway. Yeah, pretty pretty good stuff. And then the ending sequence with the uh, the Moon King, and he turns into he this, this serpent. <laughs> It says uh, Wikipedia calls this a centipede. (laughs) I don't know if that's okay. Yeah. What do you think of the design on that thing? Uh, I mean, it's really cool looking and like the colors and like it glows. Like it's really neat. Uh, It's just a little weird that he turns into one, but then I guess it's like, cause he's not human. Like there's no humanity in him. I don't know. It's neat. It's cool to watch. Yeah. I I guess that's the point of that. I thought it was, yeah, it was, I thought he might've turned into something bigger if he's just the moon, (laughs) you know, maybe he's more power, but it is kind of cool. And, um, yeah, just the sequence with all the villagers, bring the villagers back is a good idea. And, um, just like the, the way this whole concept of like memories, uh, being like the more powerful than the moon buy or sell memories being more powerful than the moon. Well, it's like more powerful. It's like the most powerful form of magic. I wouldn't say like he's not literally the moon. Like, is he not literally the moon? I mean, I don't think. Kind so. of. The movie's like, kind of unclear about that. I mean, 
I don't know. I mean, the memory thing is, like, a nice sentiment, and it's, like, fun to watch, and, like, it was cool. I think it's fine. They're definitely trying to do things with, um, with, uh, memories and, uh, with, uh, Oban, uh, the Oban Festival, and the, with the sending of the spirits and, like, the, everyone dying, and they're trying to tie that together with, like, Kubo's memories of his dad and then the memories of his parents together at the end. Uh, but then they also kind of, like, try to fit it together with, like, this theme of, like, eyes and humanity, yeah. Um, and I guess, I, I don't know if they ever really, are they, are they ever like memories make us human? Cause that would have been a good tie for that. I, I guess. No, could... I don't think. Yeah. It's kind of like, it's two things that go together, but they don't really like tie it together. Yeah. I guess you could interpret that from the ending. Maybe that's what the ending's saying, but, um. Well, they do. I think a lot of it has to do with like the, like the visual motif of like his mother, like was blind in like one eye and then like her, his, her grand, his grandfather's blind in one eye, like that whole, like. Now that they're human, that kind of thing. Yeah, I mean, I definitely think that they're prioritizing how it looks kind of over the yeah. the overall narrative elements of it, for sure, um, in the ending. And I do think it, it looks really good. Um, and the accepting of the Moon King and, like, trying to tell him he's a good man. And I think that all works, um, but also comes out of nowhere, like you said. Like, I'm not sure... Yeah. Ooh. Also, like, why does he lose his memories? I guess he's human again. Is that the thing? Was he a human in the first place? Yeah, it's a little weird, and they don't really explain it, but like it ends up being okay. <laughs> like, yeah, I think it turns out fine. But yeah, and then uh, we see the the parents at the end with um much sad. And oh yeah, and then there's these storks that they mentioned for five seconds, and then they're back at the end. Uh, the golden like, heron. They're like ushering them to the the afterlife. Yes, I thought that was one of the weakest sequences when um they're explaining uh the golden heron and um whoever was explaining it uh. I don't remember. Was it was it Monkey, I think. Okay, this is just like kind of giving a basic definition of what the concept of the afterlife is. And I'm like, yeah, that's true. That is what that means. Um, <laughs> yeah, and then it comes back and it was, it was like, I feel like they could have taken that out if they didn't put it in at the end. But since they put it in at the end, I guess they have to put that in there. Um, I don't know. Were the, was the Moon King in the afterlife? Is that what this is? Or is he just... It- well, I took it to me, like, I think it's literally like a different realm, <laughs> like... Yeah, well, that's why, yeah, they're trying to be like, okay, this is a different realm, and it's just, like, passing on. I'm like, okay. Well, I don't necessarily, well, I don't know, I don't necessarily think where the Moon King is is the afterlife. I guess not, yeah. It's confusing, like, I think it's more like, it's like, well, because, like, his mom has magic, so I think it's really, it's literally, like, a magical realm. We didn't even talk about magic yet, let's talk about about (laughs) magic. So I was like, okay, how is, my big question, I was kind of distracted for the first half hour of this movie, I'm like, how is Kubo doing this with the, the origami? Um, and then at some point, uh, they say the word magic and I'm like, okay, you could have just said ma- the word magic earlier. Right. And then you could have explained it with that. Right. Um, well, why does Kubo have magic, uh, guitar playing abilities? Cause his mom does. And has passed it on. And then his mom yes. also had the magic to animate his, uh, jacket and then yes. to reincarnate herself into the monkey or did she take yes. uh, transfer her life energy into the monkey well she's so they say like, the, like she used the last of her magic to bring the monkey to life so i would assume it's kind of like yeah she put like the rest yeah, but of her yeah life. but then that was like the lying explanation so what was the real explanation because it's well, her well and then she says like her magic's fading the magic that keeps her there so i think it is like it was like she used the rest of her magic to like put whatever was left of her in the monkey so she made like a good horcrux yeah. Good, yeah, yeah, exactly. That's what I was going to say. This, I, I was going to say that. Oh, <laughs> this is the, uh, yeah, this is the it's Harry Horcrux. Potter plays in my living room right now. Yeah, that's, uh, I'm not surprised. This is the, uh, 
the Horcrux for uh, Kubo's mom. Yeah. Yep. And um, except it's actually herself, so I don't know about that. That's but, true. But yeah, I, I felt like I guess maybe I thought that the three things were the Horcrux. I don't know. At, there, at some point during this movie, I was thinking about Horcruxes. So that's fair. <laughs> I guess it's fair because it's relevant to any movie. Well, but. that's the other thing too is that like the armor never really pays off because they're like because he eventually like doesn't use the armor anyway. So it's like what and that, that didn't really have a point to it. Yeah, I don't know what the point of him collecting all the things were. Yeah, yeah, those were the, oh yeah, these were the Deathly Hollows. That's what I was thinking Yes. About. Yeah, these are obviously the Deathly Hollows. Well, they so. were like, it'll make him like, he's too powerful, but like, he literally doesn't use it. Like, <laughs> I guess he uses it to make the force field, or is that his original magic, you know? No, I think that's just the magic of his, like, the yeah. strings. Yeah, well, okay, let's talk about the strings. So, two of the strings snap before, and then he, or all of them snap, and then he uses, like, him and his dad and his mom to make the three yes. strings. So why Kubo is it the- and the two strings. So the two strings are his parents? Yes. Even though there's three strings? Yes. Because it's Kubo. It's Kubo and the two strings, and Kubo's one of the strings, so it's Kubo and the two strings. Wait, let's go over this again. No. <laughs> yeah, no. <laughs> okay, I got that. Yeah. Uh, it's an interesting- I like not just naming your type movie something that's said yes. in the movie. So that's good. Um, I don't know how much the strings thing worked for me. I mean, I liked it. I liked like the memory thing's cool and like. I guess that plays with the memory stuff. Yeah, yeah. That's about it. <laughs> yeah. Um, a lot of I think a lot of the stuff that's like you just kind of forget about doesn't really pay off. Like the armor never really pays off. He does the really typical thing where he picks up the guitar instead of the sword, but then it's like, but we just spent the whole movie getting this these weapons. I'm confused. Yeah. But it's fine. I guess. I guess like I it's guess... like it's not like glaringly obvious. It's just like. I guess that that was a, um, you know, pen greater than the sword type ending. Yeah. Like a, an ang, you know. Like well, a, like he, yeah, he chooses, I mean, he uses his magic to bring his grandfather to life instead of killing him, so. Yeah, so there you go. That, that's good. Um, what characters we talked about? The uh, village woman. Um, she's fun. Yeah, she's, she's great. George Decay. I mean, always great, like solid, always, so. Yeah, they have him do the George Decay, like, noise the first thing his character does. So good. I'm like, that's an interesting choice, but yeah. It's <laughs> fine. Uh, um, yeah, I think that's everyone. Um, oh, and then there's uh, there's another villager. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, he's from the beginning. Yeah, yeah. I remember this guy. Well, and there's like the little girl. And there's the little girl, yeah. So, um, I don't know. I don't. I think we talked about everything. Uh, I know we're talking like, we're kind of like making fun of the narrative a lot, but again, though, like that's, you know, it's, it's harder to talk about like the gorgeous elements of the movie and like why. Well, I mean, that's always a problem with like, you know, I mean, generally speaking, that's the issue with like, quote unquote, animated films geared at children. <laughs> like that tends to be the issue. And we talk about this with Moana. Like, it's fine. Like. Yeah, I, th- I think the I think the reason Moana has a thin narrative is different from the reason this movie has a thin narrative. I think with Moana, just kind of like they're purposefully. I mean, both of both these movies are purposefully not prioritizing Moana, but with Moana, it's like they're fitting other things in, and with this movie, they're kind of intentionally like like uh, not uh, just creating much of a plot. I, I think that's right. interesting. Is it because that they're aiming this at kids, or is it because that they saw this as more of a fairy tale type thing? I think it's the latter. I don't I don't know if they like. I don't know if they like decrease the narrative elements because. Uh, well, I don't just. Well, I don't think it's necessarily like. I just mean like. I think in general, it's never really a priority because they're like, oh, we're just going to do this fun kid thing. Like, like yeah. obviously there are kids movies that have like really great plots, but I do think sometimes it's like that's what happens because they feel like these are the kinds of stories we should tell when it's geared at children, quote unquote, and then versus. Yeah 
granted there are movies geared at adults that have horrific plots so like who knows yeah i think there's a lot of validity to that um i also think that uh is more of you know, I don't know. I want to compare this to something like Coraline by the the first film by the studio. And Coraline also didn't have a um, tremendously in-depth narrative, um, but it succeeded like a lot more for me just in the like vague elements it had. Um, I well, guess sometimes the some... vague really like, you know, like in Coraline, I feel like the vague elements like contribute to like what the movie's about and like Coraline itself. Yeah, it's 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 in that movie. It's like okay, there's an obvious choice to increase like the creepiness and the weirdness of the movie. And right. um, in this movie, it's like oh, we're just making a thin narrative fairy tale. That I don't I don't know if it like contributes to the story they're telling to not have uh, larger plot elements. Right. Well, it just it. I mean, it's okay, but yeah, it doesn't really like a lot of things don't really pay off at the end of the movie. It's a little choppy. Kubo was a little choppy. Like we kind of go like here, 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 and then like, and I think the major weakness of Kubo actually is Kubo himself. Like, I mean, he's a cute character and like he's fun, but like there isn't really a lot going on with him. And like when your main character doesn't really tie everything together, it kind of like yeah, makes exactly. Com- compare this to Moana. Moana, um, you know, also a film with a weak narrative, but um, if you prioritize character over narrative, that's totally something I understand. And Moana had uh, one of the most uh, memorable Disney main characters ever, and Moana's incredible, and I don't feel that way about it, remotely that way about any character in this film. Yeah, same. Yeah. And the again, monkey's I, pretty great. Yeah, monkey's good. Um, like, I think monkey's, like, on the level of Maui, potentially better, but, you know, that take your pick there, but, uh, yeah. you know, it's it's the main character, yeah. Um. You know, yeah, overall, like, you know, this isn't a Dylan-type movie. Um, I still think it's good. Um, but, uh, you know, certainly I'm going to prioritize other films with better character and narratives than, than Kubo. Although, certainly, if you want to put this in your first tier of, like, best-looking movies ever, I'd be fine with that. You know, like, if we're doing, like, <laughs> best-looking animated films, like, a podcast on that, I think yeah. this would be in the conversation. Definitely. And I think that's a big thing. Like, I really, like... I just love this kind of animation. It means a lot to me. I'm really, I'm very much about like supporting these kinds of films. Like that's why it was really important that I went to the theater and saw it. Cause I was like, like we need to support films like this because they're really expensive, but they're really pretty. And they're just really awesome. And like the kind of craft that goes into making a film like this. This I'm looking at Wikipedia, $60 million budget for this film. That is shockingly low. Um, yeah. Yeah, I mean, Leica is not a huge studio. Like, I'm, I guarantee if we look them on, it'll be like $200 million. So. Yeah, well, the thing is, like, I mean, it's not a large studio, and then, it's like, a lot of the time and effort that it takes to make a stop-motion film. Which I, I I like that they did that in the credits. They, like, had the the part where they, like, showed the skeleton yeah. guy for a second. That was cool. I always love that. It's good stuff. Yeah, Moana, $150 million. Um, like, uh... And like, it's kind of shocking that that's true. Uh, Zootopia, one hundred fifty million. Um, even I'm interested. Even something like Your Name um, had a uh, I see no budget here. Yeah. So um, it's it just the making the stop motion film for that. That I mean, you know, sixty million dollars is a ton of money. But um, just given the high level of visuals that they achieve, it is um, very impressive. Certainly, gorgeous film. Yeah. A plus stuff. How many of like uh, the Leica films have you seen? Uh, I've seen Coraline. Um, I've I think uh, I've seen Paranorman. Box um, Trolls. I haven't seen Box Trolls. Okay. Where would you say Kubo better than Coraline? Better than Paranorman? Um, I don't think Kubo is better than Coraline. Like plot wise, I think Kubo is probably prettier than Coraline. Yeah. Um, Paranorman. Uh, yeah, I guess I probably like Kubo better than Paranorman. Okay. 
Yeah, I haven't seen Paranorman or Box Trolls yet. I know Great, I need like, to see them. But... Kubo is the kind of movie that like appeals to me, so that's another thing, too. It's like it's kind of like, what do you like? Like I really like films like Kubo. Like... Yeah, so, yeah they, that's a totally understandable. Yeah. Um, I've just seen Coraline, and I think Coraline's a... And I'm not going to say like much better, but a moderately better film for me. And also Coraline's kind of the type of movie that appeals to me, too. So it has both of those going. Um, but, yeah, no, I would... What I'd say to like is I really would um, say the next step is to prioritize narrative more. Um, I, like I think you have you've you've created some of the best looking films. Just like I get yeah, I get some better scripts. Not that Kubo is like a bad script, and I think they're intentionally doing it this time. So you know I don't know. Um, like they create a fairy tale, and it's a really and it's fun, and it's like a good story. Yeah, no, it, and definitely, that, was, it definitely was something. It was really great to watch on like the big screen. Like it's so pretty, and like it's just like a gorgeous yeah. film. Yeah. Yeah, and I think that they it was an intentional choice. So I would, I'm interested to see like maybe a non fairy tale type movie. Um, yeah, you know with how they do that with modern modern Leica. But yeah, certainly I and I you know love that they're keeping stop motion alive and stuff like that. And it's it's very interesting. Um, yeah, st- director of this movie, Travis Knight, is the CEO of Leica. He is the son of um, Phil Knight, who founded Nike, and Nike <laughs> owns. Um, <laughs> Uh, like us. So, uh, that's interesting. I didn't know about that until I like, clicked, clicked links on Wikipedia. But yeah, no, this, <laughs> this film is like directed and made by the like son of a billionaire. So that's fun. <laughs> but I wouldn't, ex- you wouldn't expect that for stop motion, right? But, right. Yeah. <laughs> this is, this is very interesting. I didn't know this history of like, yeah, you can check that out. But, um, uh, anything from Kubo that we didn't talk about you want to get into? I don't think so. I don't think we talked about Beetle enough, but you know, it's fine. I mean, Oh, what about the the Hanzo, the uh, mini Hanzo, the the red origami thing that they take, they take with them? It's fun, yeah. like the pointing and like he has a lot of he has a lot of personality for being like a red piece of paper that is. Yeah, I'd call. argue he has more personality than Kubo, and he doesn't even say a word. So I would agree. Um, yes, <laughs> throwing some shade there, but yeah, a little uh, bit, yeah. But yeah, no. Overall, I actually think this movie is rewatchable just because of its visual elements. Like, like it's really pretty. Yeah. And I know that there's people that think this is like one of the best movies of the year. And um, like, if you're going to argue that um, you don't prioritize narrative as much as me, and you prioritize like aesthetic, uh, artistic reasons, and you want to say that's one of the best, that's why it's one of the best movies of the year, then I cannot like counter that because you are prioritizing something else. So I understand. Well, the thing is, like, I mean, yes, this was a great year for animated animation, and like especially in movies. But I mean, I do think Kubo is up there. You know. I mean, just I think regardless of how you prioritize, Kubo is up there. Kubo, it's gorgeous. Um, it's not necessarily like you know the best plot wise, but I think I mean I think it's up there regardless. Like Kubo yeah. is a no, great I'm film. rooting. I'm rooting for this to be nominated for like all the five best movie awards. It was nominated for our our five. Um, and since this is coming out of after our awards, I'll spoil that it did not win. But um, <laughs> you know, uh, we're recording this before that. But um, yeah, I think that uh, it's a deserving choice to be honored at the end of the year and certainly would love if you know films prioritized uh, the level of artistic uh achievement that this this film achieves and um also just encouraging more stop motion in general and stuff like that because stop motion is awesome yeah and this and again i do think this film kind of like plays to the stop motion strengths with um the general concept of the origami stuff which i didn't think is really interesting uh good stuff. yeah so that's that's good let us know what you thought of kubo um 
it's uh, possible that uh, Justin Michelle will want a podcast on this movie too at some point. I know they're really into Leica, so maybe we'll have a, maybe if you guys are wanted, we can have a second Kubo discussion at some point in the future, and we'll get, try to get to Leica's other films. We've I podcast from the shell about Coraline actually already, so we haven't done Paranorman and Box Trolls yet. And yeah, check check uh, stick with Overly Animated for more uh, discussions on animated stuff. Check us out at overlyanimated.com or consider becoming a patron at patreon.com slash overlyanimated. Thank you very much to our patrons, Mitch Cordell, Beatrice Nate, Angie, Jamie, Rachel, John, Ryan, Catherine, Taylor, Devon, Jade, John, Vish, Victoria, Katrin, and Steve, aka Fever, Mitch, Corner, CB, Strange, Nathan, Philly, and Buzz Lightyear, Mailman, Rich Rose, Johnny Robert, Brian, Cookyat, Needle, Diamond Day, Jewel, Garfield, Fusion, Skylark, Patron, Katrin, Frequent Commenter, Steve, and, um, yeah, I'm posting this way later than we're recording it, so no idea what's coming up next, but check out overlyanimated.com for <laughs> it'll it'll be some things. Probably Ruby on uh the Sunday after listening to this, but uh, don't that's not for sure, so we'll we'll see. We'll see. Uh anything else, Lightning? Kubo's great. I just love Kubo yeah. and like a films are A plus. Yeah, good stuff. And thanks for listening, guys. We will see you next time. Bye. Bye. <laughs>